Well, it's a good weekend to be red, with Knights and Redlands United taking out Derby Honours over the weekend, while Olympic hit the Brisbane Strikers for 10. Welcome to this week's edition of the NPL Sunday Chats. Scott and Adam with you, as always, once again. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, yeah, Derby weekend seems to be a very, very, very uh, lively weekend and plenty to talk about. Absolutely, and it was a good weekend to be wearing red as well. Yeah, apparently it was, and including other codes. Oh, very good point. We won't talk about that code because we're not interested in that. We'll talk about the football. We'll start on Friday <laughs> night with with the aptly named Redlands United. Funnily enough, 3-1 winners in the in the Redland derby over Capalabar. And our first win in the NPL era for Redlands over the near neighbours, and it was a pretty well-deserved win too. Yeah, um, Redlands, uh, yeah, they came out to play and, uh, yeah, thoroughly deserved the three points. They're, they're seemingly building. It's the first time we've seen them live uh, this season. Actually, we've actually covered them on Brisbane Football Review. And, um, yeah, look, uh, despite, despite some, you know, some, you know, early sort of hiccups, uh, they, they look they look much better side. Uh, for, as far as Capalabar goes, yeah, it was a tough night for them at the office uh, down at Cleveland. So we try and get to cover everyone over the course of the season. I'm sure we will. It was Redlands' first game on our coverage for the year. And goals from Samuel Lukonga, Carlton Westell and Guy Santana gave Richard Greer's side the points. Late goal for Russell Parker gave Capalabar a consolation. But that goal right on half-time did make a big difference, didn't it? It did. And it was a very, very well-constructed sort of uh, play as far as, you know, um, Simon Lukonga, you know, getting, getting in behind and, you know, just... And just was able to you know squeeze on past, and that was after the game started to get very sort of you know niggly. Which you know for a derby game, you know that's in in a way it's what we enjoy. And um, it, it ended up being Redlands being the first team to sort of calm down and play football again. And Lukonga's goal was pretty much what sort of set the tone for the rest of the night. Absolutely, there was a challenge actually from Russell Parker. I think it was not long before that goal, which did spark things off. And it was great, great to see that actually. I thought the derby last year between the two was a bit timid for me. You want. You want a bit of spice in a derby, and it certainly had it on Friday. Absolutely, you don't you don't want to go overboard and you know, end in fisticuffs. But yeah, like I said, plenty of passion from both both clubs. And you know, like I said, for a derby, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely what you want, especially you know at the moment where the, these sides are relative to each other on the table um, as well. That you know, obviously, it's it's more than just bragging rights. You know, that it's it's also as well, you know, getting as many wins they can to sort of, you know survive. Absolutely. And it's a massive three points up for Redlands, isn't it? It's their second win for the season. It moves them out of that relegation zone, which they found themselves in far too often in recent seasons. But that could be, that's a really good win for them. And they're kind of building on what they did. They didn't get anything out of the game last week against Gold Coast, but they certainly put up a good fight. And this was a really good follow-up performance on the back of that. Yeah, I think it's, it's certainly sort of momentum and confidence, I think, that they came into it, you know, whereas, you know, if they had have, you know, been blown off the park by Gold Coast Knights, like many expected, um, yeah, like I said, who knows, it would have probably given Capalabar the upper hand going into this, and they did go in as the nominal favourites, Capalabar, given, you know, where they where they are on the table and sort of the scalps they've collected so far this season, but, yeah, it just it just goes to show, Derby, Derby games, you know, you throw the form guide out the window most times, and uh, Redlands, you know, certainly from a form perspective, um, upset the apple cart. They did, just quickly on Capalabar. Cause for concern, or just not their night? Uh, it's, it's a tough one. I think it's not their night, but there are some sort of signs that, you know, maybe they need to be careful that, you know, they don't sort of, you know, let the malaise sort of set in. Um, like, they've got they've got a good, settled team. Uh, and, and you know, like I say, obviously plenty plenty of attacking sort of, you know, options up front. You know, Kato Ichi, you know, was, even in this game, even though he didn't get on the score sheet, uh, he was a constant, you know, threat to uh, 
to Redlands. But, um, but yeah, just to want to be careful they don't drop too many games, you know, sort of, you know, trying to sort of get out of this funk. But I think they'll be okay. Absolutely, I'll be okay as well. It's not quite their night for me. But just quickly, before we hear from the coach of Redlands, Richard Greer, best wishes to Craig Peck. He went down with an injury early, midway through that first half. Looked like a pretty serious one. So we wish him all the best in his recovery. And we'll just quickly, we'll, add, and we'll hear from the coach of Redlands United, Richard Greer, after the big win on Friday over Capalabar in the derby. I'm with the coach of Redlands, Richard Greer. Richard, that's a massive win there over Capalabar, your local rivals. 4-1, what are your thoughts on it? Or 3-1, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's massive for the club. It's massive yeah. for the boys. We've been working hard all year, and I think we've shown that we can compete. Um, you know, there's no secrets. We're up against it as a club. We haven't got the resources financially that a lot of other clubs do have. But for the boys, it's huge. For the club, for everyone, it goes to show the hard work we've been putting in. I thought it was a good game, and I felt we probably could have went away and scored more goals to make it more comprehensive, but I'll take the win. It's your first year here. Did you mention that the last year Capalabar got the better of Redlands? But did you mention that at all? Is it got to get one back over them? Or is it just focusing um, on what you need to do on the field? Yeah, we mentioned it during the week because there's still a few boys here that were here last year. Um, but we just focus on what we do every week. Um, we know that if we turn up and compete, and the key word for us is competing, you know, we always half a chance. Um, you mentioned competing the goal right before half time. How important was that? And then the one not long after was it that those were key moments? Yeah, in the massive key moments. Um, you know, we missed we missed a couple early on that I thought we should have taken early in the game, and that one before half time really made our half time talk a little bit easier. And then again, when we came back out, I felt we were under the pump a little bit, and that second goal really eased the pressure for us. It's your first year here at Redlands. Yeah. A lot of new players. Are you now starting to really get the side playing in the way that you want them to play? Yeah, look, and we're, and we're going to keep developing. We're yeah. a very, very young squad. You know, a lot of these boys have, haven't had the massive exposure in the NPL that some of the other clubs have, but we're giving them an opportunity and we're trying to develop them and that's what our club's about, developing. You know, the key thing was we had seven Redlands juniors in that team tonight. I mean, how many clubs in the league can say that? Um, so, yeah, happy with how they go and we'll keep progressing and getting better. Absolutely, you've got a busy week and we've got East away midweek yep. and then you've got a couple of games here next Sunday. Is it going to be a case of just trying to build all on the results tonight and push forward? 100%. Um, I think we can go and take a bit of momentum now. We'll come in on Monday and we'll, we'll cover and we'll, we'll go to East on Tuesday and we'll do the same thing and hopefully go and get a result there and then focus on Raw. It's one game at a time for us and we know we, we can do well. we just got to keep putting those performances together. So go test on the results. I'll let you get back to the celebrations. All right, thank you. Thanks, guys. So I was very happy Richard Greer last on Friday night there and the celebration was just getting underway down there at the Cleveland Showgrounds, Adam, as we were leaving on Friday. And another place where there were some pretty big celebrations, I imagine, over the weekend were at the, at the Creation Sports Centre as Gold Coast Knights maintain their their dominance over Gold Coast Knights in the derby down there on the coast. 1-0 win as a goal from Kai Tapaldo. And this was a really tight, tense game, wasn't it? Decided by one moment. Yeah, no. Uh, it was actually a, a complex cell. Sorry, it wasn't there, but The celebrations yeah, and... were at, would have been at the Creation Sports Centre, but the game was at Coplex, you're right. Uh, nice save. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, look, uh, it was a big night. It was a big night down there at the Gold Coast last night. You know, it was great, great to finally get down to um, Coplex, especially for a derby, and it felt like a derby. You know, from you know the um, the hill being full. You know, you know where the clubhouse was. You know, all the juniors that were down there. The uh, big long um, sort of you know sort of uh, guard of honour they gave the players on there. It just felt like a derby. And while, you know, the game itself, you know, there wasn't the fire and brimstone that, you know, we sort of expect from that. It was actually a very, very tight, tense game. And look, uh, yeah, it, it came down to one moment and um, it was Kai Tapaldo who was the um, the hero on the night for, for the Knights. We might talk about the game in a minute because you brought up the atmosphere and it was the first time we've been down there to Coplex and it was great to, it's great to get down there. And it felt like a real club, didn't it? Like Gold Coast United, when they were in the A-League the first go-round, it felt like they didn't really have that community support, did it? When you were down there 
on Saturday night. It really did feel like they had it. And it was all the things you mentioned, the, the big crowd down there, all the kids running around. It felt like a real club atmosphere. And it's a lot to build on down there for Gold Coast. And the result might not have been there again, but there's a lot of positives off the field as well as on it at the moment. It does make you wonder. It's a polar opposite. So, like, so we we were around, you know, in in the goal in the Gold Coast United in the A League days, and you know, other than the beach, they had really nothing. It, it didn't feel like a club. It felt like it felt like a franchise. It could be nothing more further from the truth. And look, I've got to congratulate you know all those involved on the Gold Coast. That that was you know. That was wonderful. And if that's the support and that's the community sort of goodwill had been there, you know, back, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I dare say we'd be still talking about Gold Coast United in the A-League because like, even though the num- the numbers, you know, as far as, you know, you know, the crowd figures and all that, compared to some of the crowd figures we're seeing lately in the A-League, um, look, 2,500 showing up is actually probably not a bad thing. As far as you know, these by these day standards, you know, it would have been you know, I reckon that close there last night at Complex. Yeah, well, given some of the crowds seen in the alley, a couple of thousand is pretty damn good at the moment. Yeah. But on the game itself, it was a good goal from Kaitapaldo to get the winner. Dante Mariner set him up, and he was he was the best player on the park. But either side wasn't he? he was just fantastic for the Knights. Yeah, and no, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, Dante Mariner, um, for, former Bristol uh, Raw and uh, West. Western Sydney Wanderers uh, youth player, you know, he's he's found, he's found a home at Gold Coast Nine. and he was yeah, he, he was tremendous on both on, he actually played on both wings um, as they seem they seem to have, you know really sort of, you know, found a game plan and he just said, yeah, he was just electric and he was the, he got the pass, you know, got to the byline and the pass the cut back to um, to Paldo to score. Absolutely, what did you make of Gold Coast Nine? Because I thought that they didn't create a lot of clear cut chances, there was a lot of possession, a lot of territory, particularly in the second half, they controlled a lot of the play. Just the cutting edge wasn't quite there in the front third, was it? Yeah, and there was uh, one, one chance, you know, that um, Sam Smith spurned, which uh, probably should have been the equaliser. Um, but he just seemed to to panicked a little bit, you know, when, when he sort of had the shot, which, you know, for a player of Sam Smith's uh, experience, um, it even shows that maybe that the buzz around the, this you know, this game, you know, even if that split second was enough to sort of put him off. So it's amazing that, you know, the, that, you know, big occasions like that can, you know, can spook even, even the most experienced, but yeah, look, um, Gold Coast United, you know, for a team that's, you know, that's, that have only won two games a season, they're, they're actually not too bad, you know, performance wise. I think, I, I just think they've had a very rough part of the draw at the moment. Um, and, you know, but, their performance was was very very good last night. It's just that you know, Gold Coast Knights had the answers, and they more importantly they had the winning goal. So they're building something nice under at Gold Coast. No, it's just not quite there yet. It's going to take them a little bit longer, perhaps, to get those Derby honours. It's now six games in all competitions that the Knights have either won or drawn. So it's very one side at the moment. But who knows? Second game of the, of the year back at back at Crescent Sports Centre might be the might be the might be the United's night. Now after the game, we've got with both. Gold Coast Knights coach Adam Porridge and the coach of Gold Coast Knights, Greg Pinnock. So let's hear what they both had to say on Saturday night after the derby win for the Knights. How would you win a coach of Gold Coast Knights, Adam Porridge? Adam, congratulations on the win. Thank you. What would you make of the performance? It was a pretty good one from your side. Got the goal in the first half and did what you needed to do in the second. Yeah, that's right. You know, like I said, all the way through the week, it's a derby game. It's, you know, you're not going to take. If they were to play like that every week, they wouldn't be sitting without. And so it's about consistency and you need to keep rolling the results. You know, we're doing that, we're keeping clean sheets. You know, we don't expect us to be weak at the back. We're clean sheets, clean sheets. Concede one, score two, you know. And tonight we scored one and didn't concede. So wins the game, points are ours. Did you mention the fact that you've 
pretty much controlled these derbies since the inception of the two clubs. I think it's unbeaten now in six. If you did, was that something you focused on? Was that like you've got the wood over them? You want to continue that? Nah, not really. Not really. We we worked on a game plan at the start of the start of the week, and and we executed it well in the first half. You know, we, we had a few injuries and a few suspensions, so you know we're missing three key players. But to to roll it out second half, to credit to them, they came out. You know, they battled and. Could have been a different result. You mentioned Mitch and Jason and Marrick were unavailable. Dante Murray really stepped up. Top. Were you pleased with him and a couple of the other guys who stepped up into the side and did really well for you? Yeah, there? 100%. Dante yeah. was fantastic. You know, he worked hard. You know, we pushed him to the limit. So, you know, it was good. He did really well. And your thoughts on the games coming out? We've got Olympic in the league and you've got Holland Park in a couple of your thoughts on, on those. Oh, yeah, we'll win them both. <laughs> right, I'm sure you will. Congratulations. Thank good you. Luck. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Cheers, we're talking about the coach at Gold Crush, Gray Pidic. Gray, good performance from your side there. We just unfortunately couldn't quite get the goal there in the second half. Yeah, look, uh, I think we dominated the whole second half. Um, I think that was pretty obvious to see, uh, which was very pleasing from my end against a good team. Um, you know, we sort of just switched off a bit in the first half and gave them a chance. They took it. Um, but for me, you know, I'm really pleased with how we played despite the result. Um, on another day, you know, we could have had four or five in that second half. Um, you know, at times it was a bit of a bombardment with uh, balls in the box and heading heading them off the line. And, you know, goalkeeper again, Joshy, he's had a good season already. He's made a couple of important saves when needed. So it's just one of those things. You know, the boys are a bit down, but they know, you know, they know, you know, they deserve, they deserved at least a point out of that on the balance of play. Um, and, you know, to be fair, could have even won at second half. But... You know, we go home without any points, so we're happy with the result. I don't think we've got any injuries out of that game or major injuries, which is pleasing for me. And now we'll get a bit of time to, to get on the training park. And you know, if we play like that and take our chances over the next few weeks, then you know we'll be fine. You mentioned games. You got a Raw next week. That'll be another tough game. I think we've got Capalabar actually. Yeah, then Raw. Um, yes, I mean Capalabar ahead of us on the table. They've they've had a few few wins. Um, they lost on the weekend, uh, lost in the derby, so they'll be they'll be primed for that. But yeah, I think you know if we can take uh, an improved performance again on that, we you know we improved on the strikers match. We've improved if we can improve again tonight, take our chances. You know, I think no doubt that you know we're going to win some more matches. You mentioned the derby, a big night here at the Gold. Uh, down here at Complex, it was great to see a big crowd down here as well, wasn't it? Great atmosphere. Yeah, look, it's, I hope they all come back. You know, um, you know, disappointing to not not get a goal and you know get the crowd into the game. You know, the crowd was fantastic, and you know we, we need them to come back again if they can do the same. Uh, I think they obviously would have seen a, a great performance by us and and you know a dominant performance at times. So you know if we can you know knock a few of those in the in the net, then uh, you know the crowd will hopefully return and, and back us next time we play. Well, best of luck going forward, mate. Cheers, thank you. So that's what the coach had to say down there on the Gold Coast. I thought we'd thank the coach once again for taking the time to talk to us after the game. And move on, Adam, now to the rest of the round. And we'll start at, at Cornubia Park in Logan, where Brisbane Raw put on a clinic in the second half. It was nil all at half time. And the second half, what did you call it, the Cyrus Demi Show Part 2? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to know what uh, Chris Grossman said to A, the team, and B, to Cyrus Demi, because it was night and day. It was nil, it was nil or halftime. We were, we were sort of following the scores while we were down at uh, Coplex, and uh, nil or halftime, I thought, oh, you know, maybe Logan, or all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're putting in a fight, and um, judging by the highlights, you know, they, they were competitive, but second half, they just got blown off the park by Cyrus Demi, who scored four goals, and had had a hand in the other two, in the other two goals with assists, so... 
Like uh, that's yeah, you're right. It's uh yeah, the um the sequel's probably better than the original. It was. It was great to be there for the original. Good to see the highlights of the sequel. He did score for Ben Holiday and Eli Adams also on the score sheet. Max Gerald on the score sheet for Logan. It actually puts Cyrus Temi to the equal top Adam of the top of the golden boot race alongside Andy Pengelly, who scored twice in a four 0 win for for the for Peninsula Power over ten man Sunshine Coast Wanderers. So there's a bit of a tight race developing there at the top of the top of the um not just top of the table but also top of the golden boot race. Yeah, it's uh, sort of in a way one par's normal self resume with Andy Pengelly you know, back at the top. That's fairly fairly sort of you know um, regular fare. But um, yeah, look, Cyrus Demi, you know, and there's seven goals in three games. He, he sort of missed out. Uh, last week, but yeah, he's he served back of engine and the four goals he scored. Well, one was a penalty, but uh, but the other three goals they were class uh, strikes from a player who is in has mighty mighty confidence. And you know, and like I said, I I, I tweeted this out this afternoon. Um, I would be stunned if uh, he doesn't make an appearance. You know, for for uh, the senior team. You know, in, in the next few rounds, especially with the high workload that the senior team got in the run home to the finals, because he he's just you know, in supreme confidence. The same you say the same about Alex Parsons at the moment in the form he's showing at the moment for the senior team. You've got to get these young players out there, you know, while they're hot. And like Cyrus Demi at the moment, he is white hot. He is an absolute monster at the moment. And uh, look, he deserves opportunity. Yep, I can't disagree with that. He's in great form at work with Alec Parsons in the A-League. It might work for Cyrus again next coming week. Hopefully he does get his opportunities flying at the moment in the NPL, as you as you mentioned. Three all at Walter Park between Morton Bay United and Lions FC. Two goals for Max Mikkola, one for Jordan Farina for the visitors. Max Mikkola also got himself sent off in the second half, so he'll be missing for next weekend. Zach Keir, Patrick Smith and Rio Ono on the score sheet for Morton Bay. And this is... Is this a sign of progress for Morton Bay? Do you think being able to pick up points at home against fellow top six hopefuls, or top four hopefuls, I should say? I definitely think so. I think, again, it's a demonstration of what we really know about this Morton Bay side. They never give up. Um, they they were in all sorts as far as, you know, in a, was a wild and chaotic first half. But uh, again, they just they, you know, every time Lions took the lead, they would come back. And Rio Ono scored the equaliser in the 70th minute. And, um, yeah, we again, we didn't see the uh, end of this game, but I would dare say that they would feel probably a little bit unlucky not to have you know, won that game having the man advantage for the last 15 minutes. They certainly would have gone for it. We can absolutely guarantee that at home with, against 10 men. They certainly would have gone for it. Four goals in 12 minutes. So to say wild is wild in the first half there is, is quite the understatement. You mentioned a 4-0 <laughs> win for Peninsula Power at home against Sunshine Coast. Well, that's a pretty comfortable home win for them, Adam. But at Heath Park, 3-1 for Easts over Magpies. That's a really, really important win, isn't it? Goals from Lawrence Kent, Jaden Malarazzo, and Josh Pinn there for the home side. Yeah, and no, I think, um, unfortunately, we're also seeing signs as well. But I'll start with saying, you know, that's, it's a needed win for East. Uh, but they've, they've now a team that seems to have copped a rough stick of the draw. And um, like I said, they, they, they're a better team than what the table sort of shows at the moment. But um, but yeah, you know, Magpies Crusades, I think there's real concerns as far as them going. And look, I start to question where that news article that came out in the local press up there a few weeks ago about whether, you know, the rumours about whether even Magpies Crusades will be part of, you know, of the, of the MPL, you know, in future years, even if they do survive. I just start wondering if that, um, that maybe start playing mind you know, games with the players, you know, whether they've, you know, 
in a way, mentally checked out almost. Like it's uh, it's a very interesting. I think that the, the true test, as far as where they're at, will come in a couple of weeks' time. That round seven clash against Edge Hill in the F, in the FFA Cup, because if they if they bomb that, I think it's a you know, it just show, might show where they where the the club's heads at at the moment and the, and the players in particular. So, but it's uh, sort of certainly um, distressing signs at the moment that the the one win this season is only over the side that that's below them. That's Brisbane Strikers. And six straight losses now in in league play as well. So there is a bit of cause for concern up there in Mackay. Hopefully they can turn around in the not too distant future. Now, one team who definitely need to find a way to turn things around are the Brisbane Strikers who you just mentioned. 10-0 tonight for Olympic over Brisbane Strikers. Three goals for Shannon Brady. Two goals each for Shelford, Deus, Costa, Saras and Daniel Ek. James Kumenau with the 10th goal from the penalty spot laid on. And this this was an absolute procession from from kickoff to, to the final whistle, wasn't it? Yeah, look, let's let's, let's get the... Um... Well, we assume it was. The last 20 minutes, the stream <laughs> dropped out. But I can't imagine it was any different to the first 70. Exactly. I was going to say, let's just get the subject. You know, one thing out of the way is that, you know, Olympic were just clinical. Um, they took the chances that they had. Look, they probably could have even, you know, ran right even more. It was a very, very easy night for them. And probably, you know, for them, I think it might be just confidence, just ticking over, you know, learning when they won, you know, they won one their last four. You know, so at least at least it's, it's a win. But uh, Brisbane Strikers, oh, boy, where do we start with them? Before we start with them, we'll just talk about Olympic because they are a side who've been, who love to attack and dominate possession. They haven't been able to put the ball in the back of the net and, I think it was important tonight that they did that and did it regularly. Some teams, you might say it's running up the score, but in the situation that Olympic find themselves in, in this season where they're dealing with teams playing the low block against them consistently, and they haven't been able to find that regular path to goal, getting some confidence into the players in the front third, that's, that's really valuable. And they'll actually take more out of this win than what you normally would in a one-sided game, wouldn't they? Yeah, look, you know, it's important to you know someone like Shannon Brady, who, you know, sort of has struggled to find goals, you know, struggled to sort of, you know, really to fit in, you know, for, for a while now. Uh, you know, he sort of, he hasn't sort of, you know, for the play of his pedigree, you know, being someone that, you know, has played senior football, you know, in the A-League. Um, you know, it's good, it was actually good to see him get a hat-trick. You know, I think that will go a long way to his confidence, because I think it might be, might be a little bit down, you know, as a Play. He's not short of confidence, but uh, actually scoring goals, I think it's good. You know, Shelford Dias actually grabbing a double. You know, Costa Saras coming back from injury. You know, he's he's got a double as well. So look, yeah, it's it's good for them that they you know scoring goals. But um, but yeah, there's, there's there's a bigger there's a bigger sort of story line to this. There is, and we've tried to avoid it as much as we can. We've got to talk about it, Adam. It's it's not surprising in a way because we know that Brisbane Strikers lost basically the whole team and the coaching staff last year in the off season and. They've replaced that with a, a really experienced coach in John Cosmina. And in terms of the playing squad, there's a couple, a couple of experienced players in there. But for the most part, it's players who would be classed as under-23 players at most other clubs. And it's just not working, is it? Yeah, they've got some, there's some good young players there. And a fair few of them will probably go on and have really good MPL careers. But at the moment, it's just not working, is it? And for a club which is viewed as a flagship club in this competition, given what they've achieved both in the MPL and before that in the national competitions as well. It's not a good scenario going on at Perry Park or Park de Paris, is it? Yeah, well, like I said, you gauge, you gauge sort of where the shocks really come back MPL. Obviously, we, we cover it every week. We, you know, like I said, we watch it. We know, we've known for a while that, you know, this, this monumental collapse was coming. But when you see people tweeting and posting on Facebook 
you know, where it's to mock or to make fun or let their opinions known or whatever. When they, when they saw the casual people are starting to go, wow, what has happened to strikers? And that that's a general feeling tonight. Like we, like I said, we, we've said it all season. We said in the preview that we felt that it was dire for strikers. Now, unless you know, you know, uh, John Cosmina and Nacho Ferrer, the uh, technical director, pulled a rabbit out of the hat. And, you know, th- th- this is going to be a very, very tough season. But this is really, this is really, you know, rock bottom. You know, well, we think it's rock bottom. I, I you know, who knows how bad it could get. Um, and, yeah, but uh, that, I think the most telling thing now is that it's out there as far as, you know, the casual football fan. And now it's a question of what has happened to the 1997 NSL Grand Final winners. You know, the, the, the FFA Cup semi-finalists from, you know, from, from the last edition two years ago. Like this is, like I said, then people just cannot comprehend how, how much this situation has, has um, devolved, you know, for, for Brisbane strikers. You know, it's, it, it's a tough one. You don't, you don't want to go out and criticise the players, you know. Yeah, it's just a case of yeah, they've, they've lost their way, and the youth experiment, you know, and trying to rebuild through youth is just it's been a dismal failure. And I said, yeah, it's getting to the stage now at where you now, like we've said, you know, on the women's side of things, at what point does these demoralising you know losses, you know, start harming the future careers of pl- of these young players? And you know, yeah, you'd hope that mentally, you know, that they're tough. They're tough, but it cannot be fun. You know, that, that dressing room tonight, you know, at Goodwin Park after that game, oh, I, I would hate to imagine what it's like because, yeah, like I said, this is demoralised. This is not the first time that um, strikers have been smashed off the map either. And that's probably the scary thing about it. 30 goals now they've conceded in eight games. Yeah, I've been in dressing rooms like that. It certainly is no fun. It's from FFA Cup semi-finals and A-League aspirant to... to seeming relegation and who knows what. You mentioned rock bottom. I'm not sure they have yet, unfortunately. It's like the, it's like, like, without wanting to mention, talk about another code too much, it's almost like the Brisbane Broncos last year where you kept thinking, well, surely that's rock bottom. Surely that's rock bottom. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And unfortunately, it just seems to be heading in that direction for the strikes. I would, I would love to see them turn it around and at least be a competitive force this year. But at the moment, it just, it just doesn't get that vibe, do you, that it's going to turn around. It seems like it's going to be a long, a long winter for them. Well, I said I said that last week that you know that my hope was that you know that they're going to struggle now, but you know hopefully with more time and more minutes, you know this, this squad will start you know starting start to at least you know you know build build and start you know, putting performances together where they're going to be you know they're going to be a banana peel team for some of these you know finals aspirants and you know or even you know drag to other teams into the relegation mire, you know but in 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 order to try and save themselves. And the question was how. How deep will this hole be dug, you know, for them to get out? You know, based on this tonight, I'd say that the hole might be dig- it might be eight rounds in, and we may be saying, you know, Brisbane Strikers um, FQPL bound next season. I think that's that's how dire the situation is. But what what worries me as well is that when you it's it's bad enough as well when the money sort of runs out, and they've sort of changed tact as far as you know senior players, you know, leaving the club, um, you know, from last season. Pretty much that whole first team is from last season's gone. But it's when players that are that were on the periphery that were probably seen as players that they've been in the system for a number of years are now also leaving. Yeah, and I, I'm talking about players like a Will Carambrum and a Jacob Savarain who were, you know, would would you know underage players through through their academy, you know, were just done a breakthrough 
you know, into into their senior team, and now they've gone and they've gone to another club. I think Karen uh, Brum's at Logan, um, Savarain at Lions now. So losing losing you know, players like that that that's probably the most telling tales when you know that when their their top prospects and now also lead join the exodus. That's that's you know that's dire. It's dire and it's a deep hole, no doubt about that. We'll move on now, Adam, and look at the table and. Again, not a lot has changed at the top of the table. It's still the same three teams, Peninsula Power, Gold Coast Knights and Brisbane Raw. All picked up an additional three points. Power and Knights are still top of the table on 21 points now. Raw are third on 19. Power have that game in hand, and that hasn't changed. But there's a bit of a gap now. There's a five-point gap between Raw in third and Olympic in fourth. And you've got Lions in fifth and Morton Bay sixth. We'll talk about the fixtures coming up at the end of the, the show, but there's a, that, that gap's getting to be pretty sizable now. It is, um, yeah, five five points between third and fourth. Um, that's yeah, that that's you know, especially as competitive as you know the, the top, yeah, you know, what used to be the big four, you now the, the the big six. Um, you know, it, points are hard to make up. Five points, you know, that that's 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 two wins against the grain. Um, that that's going to be tough. It will, and at the other end of the table, it's a big win for Redlands. We mentioned they now moved up the table. Out of the relegation zone, they're up into oh, it's not they're doing twelve. They're still in the relegation zone technically, but they've moved clear a bit. Well, moved themselves closer to safety, and they got a big game coming up against East in midweek. Adam, that'll be really important. Eleventh first twelfth. Yep, six uh, relegation six pointer, and like we don't want to, we don't like to tag those sort of games um, as such. Especially we're only in round eight of uh, what we 20, 26 rounds this season, but um, yeah, look. Vital points for both both teams up for grabs on Tuesday night. Absolutely. We'll move on to the MPL Women's. And Gold Coast United had the weekend off this weekend. And their their title-challenging opponent, Lions, as he certainly made hay while they were the, well, off well, the weekend off. 7-0 winners over the gap. But, again, it was nil all at half-time and they went right in the second half, Adam. Yeah, uh, Shea Connors uh, he, he scored a hat-trick. And uh, yeah, look, it's uh, yeah, Lions just don't they, they just flex their muscles and uh, yeah, a what was a nil all score half time became seven and that's that's how quickly we go through the gears as far as some of these bigger teams go. That's how quickly they can turn on its head. Absolutely, and a couple of really good wins actually for sides which I think we both kind of underestimated at the start of the season. Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Virginia three nil wins. The Wanderers did it away from home. Virginia at home. They're two really big wins, particularly for Virginia over Brisbane City, who had been flying early in the early in the season. Yeah, no, Virginia are a side that all of a sudden have um, have sort of, you know, they flew under our radar, and like I said, they they were picking up wins against teams around them as far as to the table. But this is a big scout, Brisbane City, who were undefeated until a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, um, Diana Genovese scoring a double, and like I said. A team that we need to start paying more attention to. They had a big, a big win um, midweek in the Capital uh, Women's Super Cup, albeit against a you know. A... Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Morton Bay there, Adam, and they had a really good win today as well, nine nil over over Peninsula Power. Not to be, not to be, not surprising, but it's a good way to bounce back for them. Sean Fryer from the Raw with a hat trick there as well. So that's a a pretty good result there for for Morton for Morton Bay and. And the other, the last game of the round, Capalaba won one nil over South. So let go from Larissa Crummer, and that, I mean that's a huge result, isn't it, for for Capalaba to 
to forget the three points here against a near rival, someone who's near them on the table, South's first loss of the season. And that those three points could be massive. Yeah, Larissa Crumman, yeah, obviously they're getting value for money with her signing. And so, so they should for a player that has you know, played for the Matildas. And she, she has been um, a difference, uh, you know, so far. You know, they picked up two vital wins. You know, if, if she wasn't playing, you know, without trying to be too, um, you know, hyperbole about it, you know, like I said, she potentially has won four points on her own boot because she, she got the winner against Morton Bay a couple of weeks ago and now um, the winning goal against uh, South United. Absolutely. It lose Capalba into third place on the NPL women's table. They are still behind Gold Coast United and Lions. Gold Coast are now four points behind Lions, but they have got two games in hand, so it's still very much ball in Gold Coast United's court. There, Brisbane City, they do remain fourth. South are down to fifth, and Virginia and Sunshine Coast are into sixth and seventh. So those wins cannot be understated by any stretch of the imagination. And at the other end of the table, it was a really important win for East over Western Pride to move them back into the mid-table mix and to try and secure a spot in the top half. Yeah, the race for the, um, I guess, the top eight, um, that, that's gonna, it's gotten very, very interesting. And those are two teams in Virginia and Sunshine Coast. We did not expect to be there. And there's a few teams that are in the lower half at the moment. We did not expect to be there. So, um, plenty to play for in the, over the next month or so, you know, as the, as the, the race to that top eight. Uh, heats up obviously as well right at the top uh, Gold Coast United Lions in two weeks time down at Coplex um, that's obviously going to be a huge game as far as um, premierships or credentials go so we might preview that on the show next weekend well for now we'll move on to the FQPL1 over the weekend and we'll start at the top of the table Brisbane City 4-0 winners continue their 100% winning record Kai Bolton with all four goals for Brisbane City and this was a He's having a great start to the season, hasn't he, in that role out wide there. And it's a pretty good, that's a pretty good win away to Holland Park, which is not an easy place to go. Yeah, they, again, it's another another sort of result this weekend where it seemed to be fairly even for a long way into the contest. And then sort of, you know, it just changes on a dime. And yeah, Kai Bolton, four goals. Absolutely. And the two, the two near challenges for them, Southwest Queensland Thunder and Rosa Rose, picked up big wins today. Sunshine Coast, oh, oh, Thunder beat Sunshine Coast by two goals to one, and Roadstyle beat Ipswich Times by five goals to one, including two goals from new signing Ole Ginkeka Hinde. So he's making an impact straight away down there at Underwood Park, Adam. Yeah, um, that, that's all, all sort of roads are leading uh, as far as the moment. Roadstyle, Roadstyle and City, and that is a big showdown um, Saturday night at Spencer Park, because, uh, sorry, Corporate Travel Management Stadium. Either way. Stones by their. Um, by their uh, there's the names, the proper names, and um, yeah, that that's that's going to be huge. And like I said, um, yeah, for Olade, uh, uh, Kahinde as well. You now moving clubs to Rochdale from Olympic, um, he he'd be looking to sort of you know rebuild you know his way in, into form. Absolutely, you mentioned it's a big clash there at Saturday night out there at Corporate Drummond Stadium. It is because Rochdale Rovers lead the league on 19 points, equal with Brisbane City, who do have a game in hand. So if, if, if City can win that game on Saturday night, that's that's a huge step for them in terms of returning to where they want to be next year in the NPL. Yeah, um, yeah like I say, it's yeah, the draw at the moment because of the, because of, um, of the buy situation. It does sort of, you know, it, it does sort of, you know, make, make it interesting as far as the table goes. Probably close to think, but yeah, a win on Saturday night for City. And I think they start to clear out. And like I said, yeah, all eyes back on MPL, but I think for them as well, the uh, FFA Cup 
I think that's also going to be fairly important for him. We'll talk about FFA Cup shortly, but I do want to talk about the bottom end of the FQPL on table briefly as well, because there's there's five teams here separated by one point. You've got Sunshine Coast Fire in seventh, all the way down to Wynnum in 11th. There's one point between those five sides, and Mitchelton, I, I don't. I think we all kind of thought maybe Fire, Holland Park, South, and Wynnum could be in that mix. I don't think anyone saw Mitchelton in this sort of position in the league this far into the season, did they? No, no. That's um, like I said, they, they've a team that you know are perennials of you know in the top four, you know in in FQPL for the last three seasons, and uh, yeah, they've had their struggles, but they they had a um, they had a nice win uh, on. On the weekend, so so I think so. That, I think they might be turning it round. Absolutely, and it's FQPL two, the big game which we're all looking forward to. Kabulcha one nil over Turinga Rovers. That early goal from Ramon Close, and this was the game we wanted to see in terms of who would put their marker down as the favourites. And Kabulcha has certainly done that. Yeah, um, like so this was this was the you know pretty much the early, the early season bragging rights and it goes to Kabulcha, but you now one nil. Um, sounds like a tough, a, a tight contest. So I think these these two teams, I think, you know, are relatively close. And you know, pardon the pun, but Ramon Close being the difference um, on, on the night. But yeah, I think two two more times I'll meet in the league this season. And uh, I think I think we should expect that. You know, these will be two sort of you know standout games in in this league. It's certain they certainly seem to have cleared out from the rest of the pack as far as you know the, who's going up to FQPL one next season. Well, Cabalta is certainly in the box at the moment. They're on 15 points in five games. They're now three points clear of Turinga Rovers with a game in hand. So that could become six when that game does get played in the not-too-distant future. So Cabalta certainly at the moment are in the box seat. Now, you mentioned the FFA Cup earlier, and we will go through some of those fixtures. Now, round six is to be played in a couple of weeks' time. You've got Sunshine Coast Wanderers v. Seth's Paris Apollo, Logan v. Lions, Gold Coast Knights v. Holland Park, Brisbane City v Southwest Queensland Thunder, Southland Eagles v Olympic Peninsula Power v Switch Knights. What what's the standout fixture there for you in terms of what which one do you look at and think that's a real potential for an upset or that's the one which could be a really interesting match? Um, they, look, they look pretty straightforward as far as the um, so the round six matchups go, but um, look, Sunshine Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Surface Paradise Apollo intrigues me as far as um, yeah, look, Sunshine Coast, you know, a week ago, like, they, they, they had a, a big win over Morton Bay, you know, in, in midweek, uh, in the, M, in the MPL. And you thought, you know, maybe, you know, if that's a midweek game is what's being widely reported that all these rounds, this round six fixtures will be in, in a midweek. You know, it might be tough for Surface Paradise to go to Budrum on, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and, you know, get a result. But then, you know, Wanderers come back crashing dead back to earth. You know, Surface Paradise are continuing on their merry way in the Gold Coast Premier League. So that's a very, very you know, interesting game, I think, as far as, you know, that could go either way. And the carrot dangling into that game, Adam, for Surface Paradise Apollo is the chance to potentially play Gold Coast Knights in round seven. Because you mentioned that that's where it could get very interesting. That's the crossover matchup, potentially, if they both do happen to win. So that would set up a very, very tasty matchup down there on the Gold Coast in round seven. But I tend to agree with you. Most of these round six matchups, unless there's a as a cup set, which is always you're always prone to have every now and again. But if it all goes according to form, it's pretty clear who are the favourites in these matchups. But you've done some research on teams who have consistently been able to get to this stage of the competition, and most of these teams have been here before, Adam. Yeah, potential power. Um, 
have, have, have reached the most six times out of eight editions of the Cup. So they're, they're obviously peren- perennial sort of, you know, um, at least make it this far. Their, their record actually converting into and reaching the uh, round of 32 national rounds is not that great, but we'll, let's, we'll park that to the side at the moment. And then Lions, Lions Logan, Olympic have also have made five appearances uh, at this stage. And also as well, Strikers and Morton Bay, who've been knocked out in the earlier rounds, also, I've made five appearances in round six. So it's, um, as I said, a lot of experience, you know, in at this stage of the of the, um, of the tournament, uh, so the competition. So, so yeah, like I said, there should be no excuses. But also as well, um, Brisbane City and Southwest Queensland Thunder is probably the other tie um, that is going to be fairly even. That could go, that could go either way. Perhaps City, you know, they they need to, they probably have the advantage again. No, at at home making Thunder travel down the range to play them, but look, Thunder Thunder, you know, are, are a decent team, and if if City sort of take it lightly, they could they could be bundled out. And Thunder has shown if more than capable coming down the range midweek if required and getting a result. So interesting to see what happens in those matchups. Still not exactly sure when they're going to be played. I think it's in a couple of weeks' time. So we'll keep you up to date on that when we find out exactly when they are. But games we do know are happening is next weekend, Adam. It's uh, it's a bit of a top four showdown from last year once again as the as Olympic make the trip down the coast, take on Gold Coast Knights on Saturday. And on Sunday, you've got the defending champions, Lions, hosting defending Premier Peninsula Power. Both those shape as massive fixtures in the course of the season, not just because we know those four sides are perennial contenders, but a couple of those sides really need the points at the moment, given that there's sides that are challenging for a top four, top four spot this year, which haven't been in the past. Yeah, it's uh, it's a semi-final redo um, in, in round nine of the MPL, and um, yeah, look, they, these um, these games are huge. Um, again, it's it seems it seems you know cliche that we're re talking about you know big games. We're only nine weeks into the season, but for if you're sort of you know, trying to predict results, should Peninsula Power and Gold Coast Knights win you now next weekend, that will put Olympic and Lions eleven points off the pace to the Premiership. And in this league, 11 points is, is not impossible to make up. So if both teams, if either of those teams or both teams lose next week, um, maybe they may be looking at FFA Cup and you know, advancing through that because the Premiership may be gone next week. On the flip side, if if uh, Lions and Olympic can win next week, um, and as well, Mort- Morton Bay, who are seeing six at the moment, and... Wisdom Raw who are in third, uh, they're, they're expected to win their ties. All of a sudden, we got six points covering first to sixth. So, the, 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 the sort of the makeup and sort of the whole compositional ladder could hinge on, you know, on these results next next weekend. Absolutely. You've also got a very interesting doubleheader at Spencer Park or Corporate Management, Corporate Travel Management Stadium. I'll get my words out eventually. On Saturday night, with you've got the Super Classic on the women's the first time that fixture's been played between Brisbane City and Lions. You've also got the top of the table clash in the FQPL one between City and Rochdale. So, two massive fixtures there as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, based on form at the moment, I think Lions should be too good for for City in the uh, in the women. Uh, but then again, look, you never know. You just never know. So um, the Lions will start heavy folks in that. As far as the men's game, um, yeah, we're going to know a lot. We're going to find out a bit about you know, who's who may be headed for promotion um, based on this game on Saturday night between Lions, uh, between City and Rochdale because this is um, 
This is the match I think everyone's been waiting for as far as, you know, are City the real deal or have Rochdale recruited to the point where they've put themselves in the frame to perhaps, you know, challenge, really challenge uh, seriously for promotion? Absolutely. Plenty to look forward to over the next seven days. And we'll certainly have all that action for you on the NPL Sunday show next weekend. But for now, Adam, before, actually, before we go, now we've got to talk about our performer of the week. I almost forgot this week, but now we've got to do that. And I'll let you go first. I'll let you take the obvious one. Yeah, the obvious one, uh, Cyrus Demi, four goals, uh, two assists in 45 minutes. And then look at this, this, this Bell, actually some very, very good performances out elsewhere as well. So, But that one for me, that one just uh, top top the cake. That's just an amazing performance in uh, in the second half of that game at Logan on um, Saturday night. And again, I'd love to know what Chris Grossman said to him. I would be very interested to hear that as well. I'll give my joint winners to two other players also got four goals. In the last seven days, Dylan Proctor got four goals for Virginia against Coomer in midweek in their first win in the FQPL too. So congratulations to Dylan and Virginia on that. And also Guy Bolton, four goals for Brisbane City. You mentioned it a few weeks ago, Adam, no bad player in a game scores four goals. So we've got to shout mm-hmm. out three of them. So I'll give those two guys a bit of, bit of a shout out. So that so that covers all those. Now, Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. Absolutely. Now, you, I mentioned earlier, we'll cover all those big games in the NPL and NPL Women's next week. But for now, we'll talk to you later.